Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Santa, and I am a recovered compulsive eater, living in a solution one day at a time. Today is January 15th, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page XXIX, the second paragraph that begins with, Men have cried out to me in sincere and despairing appeal. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Betty W., the 12 Traditions, Libby E., and reading the literature today are Lisa B., Leah S., and Chelsea H. The share ID number for Sunday, January 15th, 2017, our special edition meeting is 9481, 9481. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our mission is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Betty W. to read the 12 steps, please. Good morning, Betty. Good morning, Santa, and good morning, uh, visionaries. This is Betty W., a recovered compulsive eater from central New York. And here are the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, 
promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. And thank you, Betty W. I will now ask Libby E. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Libby. Thank you, Santa. Good morning. I'm Libby E., Recovered Compulsive Eater in New York. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except the matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OAS such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our group relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Libby E. And how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers 
should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page XXIX, the second paragraph beginning with, Men have cried out to me in sincere and despairing appeal. Through two paragraphs ending, do not respond to the ordinary psychological approach. Comments on both paragraphs. I will ask Lisa B. to begin reading. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Santa. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Men have cried out to me in sincere and despairing appeal. Doctor, I cannot go on like this. I have everything to live for. I must stop, but I cannot. You must help me. Faced with this problem, if a doctor is honest with himself, he must sometimes feel his own inadequacy. Although he gives all that is in him, it often is not enough. One feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. Though the aggregate of recoveries resulting from psychiatric effort is considerable, we physicians must admit we have made little impression upon the problem as a whole. Many types do not respond to the ordinary psychological approach. Well, good morning. My name is Lisa, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. What this reading um, is saying to me is it's showing the humility and the sincerity of our Dr. Silkworth, who I'm so grateful for. He cares about these people that he's been uh, working on and working with, and he's feeling his own inadequacy. Everything he knows is not enough. He is saying that uh, what he has observed is that something more than um, human power is needed, and he's willing to put this in writing. He's willing to put his career on the line. Um, He's also telling me, as this reader, I'm the reader, I'm the compulsive overeater reading this, that I need to have this psychic change, that um, there are psychological approaches out there, and there are people that have received help and relief from that, um, but many do not respond to that. And that was my experience. My psychic change, my spiritual awakening, came in a process for me a process of the 12 steps. And I really needed to trust the process. Um, I also needed to make myself ready to receive it. I needed to get abstinent. I needed to stay abstinent and work these steps. Um, What happened for me is the problems that I had that I did go to therapists and counselors about, they did get worked out. It was, I heard another recovered fellow share that it was almost like the problems were being worked out in a back room while she worked the steps. And that has been my experience. Um, The other thing that really stands out for me is he keeps mentioning this spiritual awakening or this psychic change. Um, I have been restored to sanity. I have been raised from the dead from working these steps. And that's my experience. And I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read? Kathy K. That's Kathy K. Nancy R. Amanda R. Amanda R. 
Vasa O. Vasa O. Okay, this is who I have. Kathy K. I believe it was Nancy R. And Amanda R. And Vasa O. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you. No. This is Lauren N. Can I share? Um, I have Kathy K. Um, up first. Yes, this is Kathy K. Okay, go ahead. Right ahead, Kathy. Thank you, Santa, for your service. One feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. Boy, it took me a long time to um, really accept this uh, point. Um, I had used therapy for many years in my life, and it never really helped me with my compulsive overeating. And I must say, because I came to this program and agnostic, uh, this sentence uh, at first uh, sort of caused me to drop in mood uh, until I continued to read these pages and discover how just following the directions in this book would enable me to experience an essential psychic change. Um, The other thing I want to comment on uh, is the fact uh, that the doctor sometimes feels his own inadequacy. And, you know, in sponsoring other people, I can sometimes come to feel inadequate. I want so much to be helpful, and yet sometimes the willingness uh, is not there, and I cannot create willingness, I cannot give a fellow traveler a higher power. All I can do is share my own experience. Um, Unfortunately, I've had enough experiences to know that with some people, I will be able to share my experience and guide them through the 12 steps. And with other people, I may not be able to And um, if that's the case, I need to let them go so that they can uh, continue to explore to find what will work for them. And they may find another fellow traveler who uh, enable them in ways that I wasn't able to. Anyway, overall, this paragraph is really very, very hopeful um, and also reinforces what's going to come, which is that the 12 steps are simply directions for uh, experiencing a total psychic change. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kathy Kay. And good morning, Nancy R. Uh, That wasn't me, Santa. Okay, thank you for correcting me. Uh, Amanda R., you're up next. Good morning. This is Amanda R., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. Yes, I, the the last year definitely covered about a good half of what I what I had in my mind that I I do as a sponsor. <laughs> I find myself sometimes not even realizing it. I'm trying to set myself up 
as like the person that is going to fix this other person and and just I'm going to say the magic words and suddenly they're going to understand everything and there's going to be like a, a sprinkle of, of rainbow dust and everything's going to be all better. And I have to say, you know, that didn't work for me. That isn't how I got recovered. Um uh I I was beyond the the human aid and but that doesn't mean I was beyond hope. There's there's a lot of um hope for me in this this pr- approach of looking for a higher power to solve my problems and that thankfully 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 worked. Um so I just have to really watch myself that that I'm not, you know, imagining myself as the big guru that's going to fix people's problems. The other thing I wanted to say here is that um it's a, you know, many types do not respond to the ordinary psychological approach. And yet I also have to catch myself uh in not putting down that approach because for a lot of people uh it does it does work. I um I have a friend uh locally who I I really wanted them to try out OA. I really I was just like really hoping hoping they would they would give it a shot. And they ended up, you know, deciding to go with the eating disorders clinic at the local psychiatric hospital instead, which, you know, does therapy and um behavior modification and stuff like that. And I had to honestly, you know, wish them well that, you know, I it may work for them. Um for me it did not, and yet um, who am I to say what's going to work or not for them? So I just uh, I make sure uh, they know that I, if they ever decide they want to try the the 12-step spiritual approach, that I am here to to welcome them with open arms and do whatever I can to um, support them in that journey. But I I you know I don't downplay um, other approaches to solve eating problems, and um, I'm really you know. I really wish them the very best because I see how they're suffering and hope they find a way out. And uh, that's all. I pass. And thank you, Amanda R. And good morning, Vasa O. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Santa, for your service. And I am grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Florida. Thank you for your service. I depended on my own willpower to control my food for many, many years. Or I depended on other people to tell me what they were doing, how they were eating, looking for that fix, you know, going to the Weight Watchers, going to the health club, you know, use some bulimia, anorexia, did everything. But I remember mentioning to the doctor because he would say to me, well, you know, you're a little getting more overweight, and your high blood pressure is going up, and now, and he would give me a special diet. But whatever I did, you know, all those years, and nothing worked for me because I didn't have the 12 steps. Most of all, I didn't have a higher power, you know, to help me and to guide me. So even before I came to Overeaters Anonymous, I was so desperate, and I remember reaching out to God praying for the first time, sincerely. I didn't even know food addiction. I, you know, I knew I could not stop eating, but I didn't know they called it food addiction or eating disorder or compulsive overeating. But I had struggled for many years. 
So I remember coming home from shopping. I remember praying out loud to God, saying, please, God, if you're out there, please help me. Where you are, show me where you are, you know. I need help. I just didn't know what was, I didn't know what was wrong with me. And not too long after that, after that, I was brought to Overeaters Anonymous. And it says here, um, one feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. And, um, and I, I, you know, I remember saying to my sponsor, whatever, whatever, I'm willing. I'm willing to try these 12 steps. I'm willing to surrender to God. I'm ready and I'm willing and I will do whatever. And that was the thing for me. I guess I was at the bottom. For me, I had hit bottom, and there was nothing more left for me. So I was ready and willing to surrender. And that's what started really for me, you know, to work. And, of course, I wanted to help others. I wanted them to, I wanted to share my experience, what I was doing, you know, and I thought maybe if they did that, then it's going to work for them. And uh, and I realized, you know, I was ready and I was willing. You know, maybe those people didn't need what I needed, and um, maybe they needed to go through something different, you know. But I knew this was the answer for me, you know, the 12 steps, you know, surrendering. I can't, he can, and I will let him. And and. <laughs> This was the only thing that this is the softer and the easier way. Yes, understanding. Reminder. I'll wrap it up. Understanding the allergy, understanding the obsession. It was just the beginning. Thank you for letting she and I pass. And thank you, Vasa. Oh, and who else like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read? Sally A. Lauren. Lauren. This is Janice. Janice M. I heard Lauren in, Janice in, but then I heard someone with an A. Who was the first person? Sally A. Sally A. Melissa C. Melissa C. Reva P. C. Reva. Reva P. Susie. Kathy C. Kathy C. Riska A. Riska A, that's who I miss. Okay, let's let's go with this guy here. Okay, I'm gonna let you know who I have. I have Sally A. We can't hear you. We lost you. We can't hear you. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. All righty. I will read over the list again of who I have. I have Sally A, Lauren N, Janice M, Melissa C, Reva P, Sue K, Kathy C, and Rika A. Good morning, Sally A. Good morning, and thank you so much for your continued uh, service to all of us. So I, too, want to share on this sentence here. We, we see in this paragraph that the doctor is speaking from his perspective that he has spent years in this business and listening to people cry out, I can't live like this anymore. And I don't know about you, but I'm part of that pack of people that just cannot live in the food, cannot. 
And clearly, we know that we must stop. But the doctor is honest enough to say, the doctor is saying, speaking of his inadequacy as a doctor, and he recognizes, although he gives all that is in him, the doctor, he he spends all of his energy. It often is not enough. And it's very nice that he has such a level of honesty that he knows he cannot rely on himself for, for, the, for the real alcoholic. One feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. The book talks about the essentials a number of times. It gives us a, a little list of essentials. On the top of page 14, it uses the word essentials to refer to the list of elements given on page 13. It speaks of these same elements on page 57 and 568, the elements of belief, willingness, honesty, and humility. Humility. These are just the most crucial elements, but here the doctor adds to the list of elements the essential psychic change. And what I need to take away from this paragraph today, what I believe that we all need to take away from this paragraph is that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. No matter how hard I want this psychic change, it's something more than me is going to produce this. And I believe it is my higher power. It is my creator my God, who wants to give me this essential psychic change. But I am required to meet God by asking. That's my part, asking for this psychic change. And through the aggregate, the sum total of recoveries resulting from psychiatric effort, there's so many of them. So there is, it's considerable how many. And that's probably because they're, they're moderate and they're hard hard drinkers. Us we psychiatrists must admit we have made little impression upon the problem as a whole. Many types, there really are, there aren't that many types, do not respond to the ordinary psychological approach. The psychological approach, believe me, I've got a bookcase full of self-help books, and the truth is, it's the essential psychic change. And, and the amazing thing is, I cannot get that essential psychic change. I am forced today to pause throughout my day and ask God to do for me throughout the day, not in the morning, not in the night, not at my lunch, not with meals, but there's that pause that we must begin to practice. And in pausing and giving space between our thoughts, God is in the pause. And that, I believe, is what is producing. Yes, I was ending with that. That is what I believe produces the essential psychic change. Thanks for letting me share. And thank you, Sally A. And good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Santa. Thank you very much for your service this morning. Um, I just had to comment on this part because years and years and years of psychoanalysis and therapy um, self-help groups and group therapy and eating disorder groups and all that did not give me the relief. It helped me with 
other things in my life, but it didn't give me the relief that I have experienced in the past six months, or close to six months, since I became completely absent. The psychic change that I have allowed myself to have by believing for the first time in my life that there's an allergy. I knew there was an allergy, but I thought it didn't matter if I had a little bit of sugar in in ketchup or a little bit of sugar in sushi. I just found out this weekend that sushi rice has sugar in it. I never thought that that made a difference. Wow, how much it does. And it allows me to have the time, the little space that the prior speaker was talking about, to ask for the help to not be a compulsive overeater. And thank God for that. That's all I can say is thank God that I have gotten to the point today where I'm able to allow there to be space and that therapy was the answer for other things, but not for this, not for this major change in my life. And it is one of the essential issues that I've had. So thank you all for being here and for carrying this message because had I not heard it from you, I don't think I'd be here today. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Lauren N. And good morning, Janice M. Well, good morning to you, Santa, and everyone, if you could kindly time me. Um, This is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Well, paragraph two, men cried out. I cried out. (laughs) I really cried out, and and I was very sincere um, that, you know, um, that I cannot go on like this. Now, look at this. One, two, three, four, well, at least four, four eyes. And there's two musts. I knew I couldn't go on like this. I mean, I had everything. I wasn't in uh, need of anything in this world. I mean, literally, you know, I had problems naturally, like living problems, you know, maybe with family. But the thing is, I knew I must stop, but I couldn't stop on my own. I could put the food down, but then I would pick it up again, okay? Um, The allergy to produce you know, and I couldn't stop. Sometimes I could. Sometimes I couldn't. When I could, I still couldn't begin from stopping, from starting again. So I knew I must stop, but I couldn't. And I knew I needed help because you know how I knew? Because <laughs> the first time that I came to OA, I just sat there and said, oh, they used to say this is the last house on the street. And I was so belligerent and rebellious. I said, oh, no, it isn't. It can't be. It can't be the only thing, the solution. So, of course, you know, I tried and I tried and I tried. And there's no humility there. So I had to act like Dr. Silkworth. He he was humble. He knew he couldn't fix these people. He tried. He, you know, he would fix them and they would come out. So he had so much humility. And when it says... Um, 
inadequacy is I was inadequate. I was powerless. But I didn't know that because I was still always searching for the power in something, in some method, in some person, in some doctor, in some pill, um, in some type of food combination. I mean, you know, what we, what we do, at least that's what I do. And, you know, it wasn't enough. And it said it had to be something more. This is the only answer that I found. More than human power. Well, the fellowship made up of humans. And, you know, it worked, but that didn't get me recovery. So beyond humans, well, to me, that's just a higher power, which I call God. And um, because he's the only one that could change my mind because he created it. And... um, And I was the type. I didn't want to be the type. I didn't want to be the alcoholic type. I just wanted to be, like, moderate, and then, you know, I could figure it out or just be very heavy, and then when certain things in my life I would stop. But I had to admit and accept that I am the type that's beyond human aid. I'm powerless, and the only way that uh, I can be... Yeah, okay. The only way that I could have this obsession removed is through these 12 steps. And thank you so much. Bye-bye. And thank you, Janice M. And good morning, Melissa C. Hi. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. Um, You know, I cannot go on like this. I have everything to live for. I must stop but I cannot, and you must help me. You know, this is what it's like um, to be in the grip of this disease, to be doing the very thing I just didn't want to do, um, knowing that I must stop. You know, I knew I was killing myself. I was destroying my body. Um, I was ruining the intimacy of my marriage, embarrassment to my children, hurting my parents, stealing from coworkers, you know, the list, it goes on and on. And knowing I needed to stop and wanting to stop and yet truly unable to stop, you know, um, that's the definition of, of what it means to be an addict. It's, and I love when I heard, um, you know, an addict is someone who does the things he doesn't want to do and doesn't do the things that he wants to do. You know, and I, I also see in here the words, a, a demand, you know, you must help me. Um, and, and that, like, wasn't that just typical for me, demanding I be helped, um, you know, but not really taking any action myself. You know, there's an extreme um, discomfort in living this way. You know, I was suffering. I was a prisoner in my body and, um, you know, and I was locking myself in with every bite. You know, I was adding another padlock on the door, and I wanted you to break the door down and fix it, you know. But in the meantime, I didn't, I, I couldn't stop eating. And, um, you know, it's really painful separating from the food initially, and it's not just the pangs of hunger, you know, because um, you can drink a lot of water and try and get away with not feeling hungry. But for me, it was like the loss of um my best friend, my companion, my lover, my opiate. And I felt nervous and jittery and alone and, you know, and horrified by what I had done to my body and I couldn't block it out by getting numb with the food. And that's what it's like initially. And, you know, all the self-help books can't free me from that pain. And um, every diet and every doctor can't 
relieve me of that. But a higher power did. You know, it met me exactly where I was. It gave me the ability to be uncomfortable while I worked the steps um, like my pants were on fire. And and that's, that's how it happened for me. You know, um, I trusted that a higher power was going to make it better. And the truth is it did. It wasn't me. You know, it wasn't a doctor. It wasn't a diet. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. And thank you, Melissa C. Good morning, Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, I relate to feeling inadequate and having all my best efforts not being enough because I just couldn't beat this thing on my own. So I've learned that for a compulsive overeater of my type, the only thing that will work is um, putting my drug of choice, my binge foods ingredients down, and then working the steps. But what really struck me this morning is the essential or vital psychic change. And this is repeated so many times in the doctor's opinion. Um, For me, I thought once I became aware of my defects that I was supposed to create this psychic change. Um, And when I get in there and start efforting um, in program, um, it doesn't work, and I usually make a, big, a bit of a mess. Um, so it's so simple that I almost miss it because the only way to access a power greater than myself, which is what my problem is, right? I don't have the power to fight this thing on my own, and I'm not supposed to even fight. Um, the way to access the power is to just put the food down, just. Um, it's so simple put the food down, and work the steps in order. And along the step process, in the step process, I can make it so complicated. I can start analyzing and thinking that I need to change myself. Um, But the growth is in constantly admitting my own inadequacy every day Um, after being abstinent for a while. That's the whole point of 10, 11, and 12, to admit every day, I don't know how to do this. Um, beyond the food. It's about how do I do my work? How do I have harmony in my relationships? Um, How do I do anything? So program is my life. Um, I can't do anything without my higher power. And the only way to access that is to do the step work so I get my stuff out of the way and then it just comes. Um, And it's not efforting. Um, With that, I pass. And thank you, Reva P. And good morning, Sue Kay. Sue, press star one. We don't hear you. Okay, we move on to Kathy C. Kathy, are you available? Good morning, everybody. This is Kathy. Do you hear me? I sure can. Go right ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Kathy C. from Montreal, Canada. Um, what strikes me here is that we have uh, come to a point where we know, we admit to ourselves, and now we're even, you know, 
crying out for help. You know, we can't do this. I can't do this. Uh, you have to help me. Um, we're living with this illness, with this cycle, with this um, addiction, um, being in self all the time. And now we're ready to say, you know what, I, I, I just can't do it. I tried, I tried. Uh, you must help me. Uh, so there's the willingness, there's, uh, there's a surrender uh, going on there. And this is where, you know, we have to be. This is where I have to be to say, okay, well, I'm done. I'm really done. I sincerely want to change. I sincerely need to have um, a different way of life. This is not working for me. Um, and um, in my experience with uh, coming to OA, working the steps, the 12-step program, it's that it's not about the food or the food plan, uh, you know, trying to stay away from uh, compulsively eating, but actually feeding something else inside, deeper inside me. You know, that hole, that... Um, the, the, the missing the, the missing connection to a higher power to anything that's solid real loving that anchors me that keeps me uh, uh, away from reacting and I use food um, and this is the uh, the promise is that freedom the freedom from from suffering from pain from being alone unloved uncapable um, and the promises if we do the steps if we sincerely you know, pause and create that space so a higher power can come in, our God can um, communicate with us, and we, we listen and we follow through. That is a program of recovery. This is my new way of living. This is what, uh, what keeps me, um, you know, serene and in God's path. With that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Kathy C. And good morning, Sue G. Suji, are you available? Okay, I'm here now. I've been pushing buttons like crazy. This is Suji. <laughs> Go right ahead. I was trying to get in to say when it was Sue K, I was going to try to say, is this, did you mean Suji? Um, I tried the therapy, the psychiatry, but I was, it was all because of my problems, of course, were caused I mean, my eating before OA, my eating, of course, was caused by my unmanageable life. And if my life would become unmanageable, then voila, then I could handle the food. Because I never had any food problem until I had real life problems. And that wasn't until I was in my 30s or late 20s. So it didn't it didn't help to go um, because everyone was trying to solve my problems, help me solve my problems, and that wasn't the problem. The problem was the psychic. The problem was my my relationship with God and 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 how I prayed, change my life, change my life, change my life. I want to lose weight. Change my life, change my life, change my life. I want to lose weight, and I would throw in asking him to help me lose weight, but it was for the purpose of change my life, change my husband, change my kids. I mean, it started out husband, then it became kids. and um, I didn't realize I had, I had a psychological, psychiatrical, psychiatric illness that did play a role, but 
I didn't give it over. I didn't surrender it to God. Um, so I love the, um, I was trying to find the page for essential psychic change, uh, what, psych, uh, what essential meant, because uh, my relationship with God, my psychic change, my uh, spiritual experience did not help me even in OA. It wasn't until I got into the vision meetings that I started to learn that I was using God. I wasn't letting him use me. And it made a big difference, and it took a long time. And it's just been more recently that I really learned that if I would turn it over to God, I could have, I could concede. I mean, it wasn't until I conceded, I think, that everything started to come in place. And thank God that that happened, and with that, I pass. And thank you, Sue G. And good morning, Rita A. Rika, if you're speaking, we don't hear you. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Go right ahead. Oh, great, thank you. Uh, thank you for your service. And good morning, everybody. My name is Rivka, Rivka A., a recovered compulsive overreader, speaking to you from Israel. And uh, thank you all for being here this morning. Um, I would like to share a little bit about that psychic change. I mean, this always brings me back to uh, many years ago when um, I was popping my way right into insanity with the popcorn nonstop, 24-hour you know, everybody's asleep or gone to work, um, gone to school, and there I was, me and the popper, and uh, literally was placed into an institution for insanity. That was uh, required to have my psychiatrist uh, there, and, um, you know, still didn't realize that the white coat was actually a doctor. I mean, I was totally out of it. Um, and, you know, I was living in oblivion, dishonesty, um, actively thinking about the next pop <laughs> and, um, you know, was placed on meds, um, released after a week or so and, uh, left there still totally confused. I was still baffled by the situation. I was living in remorse, regret, shame, and guilt. Um, the fear was, was the driving force in my life. And it wasn't until I came into this program and realized that, you know what, step one, I am totally powerless. Um, you know, I had to set aside my own thinking. The longest journey is from my head to my heart. I had to be convinced in my innermost self that I was truly one of you, that I was a compulsive overeater. I had to set aside the compulsive overeating. Um, for me, um, the food as it says, um, the food is, is not the issue here. The food is my thinking, um, you know, because I could put the food down. I was a real good person as far as fasting went. I could fast for several days. I tried to go it for four days, you know, trying to top it, um, to come out being better than I was, you know, detox, cleanse. But you know what? All that kind of stuff, trying on my own efforts, Self-control, self-knowledge got me nowhere. That method failed. Any other methods other than the psychic change. I came out with an attitude that, you know, I'm in a religious community. 
um, I have a religious experience, you know, um, that's a, a religious spiritual experience. But here we're talking about a spiritual awakening. I may have experienced that religious experience, but now it's trying to transition, to be transformed, uh, to get a new idea, to accept, to adopt, to get a new attitude and put it into action. And I'm doing that. And why? Because I'm willing. I am totally willing. This is about spirituality with the steps. The steps are spiritual, and they are in line and in order. And I'm grateful that I was given that G-O-D, the, God, the gift of desperation, and truly, it has helped me. The longest journey is from the head to the heart, and I'm grateful to be recovered. My name is Rivka A., and I am still a compulsive overeater, but recovered. Thank, thank you very much. With that, I pass. And thank you, Rivka A., and thank you for correcting me with your name. Beautiful name. Uh, we have time for two more um, shares. Who would like to take Anita J. Anita J. And what was the second name? Roz G. Roz G. Okay, Anita J., go right ahead. <laughs> Thank you very much, Santa. Uh, I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive reader out here in Massachusetts. And, um, you know, these two paragraphs, if you read nothing else in the book, you know, this is it. And not just me telling you, it's somehow my higher power told me. I'd like to just mention something about um, shrinks and therapy. I couldn't, I don't know if I could have kept going without that. It had nothing to do with um, me understanding food addiction or why I had the need, but it helped me understand who I was and gave me, I think, helped me with the courage to face my demons. And so that was very, very good. But I really believe that it was the solution. We hear someone on the line say that. I thought that a long time ago, but I never said it out loud and I didn't have the confidence, but it's that it was my solution. I couldn't live life without a light buzz at least, or a total binge, knockout punch, whatever it was, and nothing that I could do, no course, no degree, no nothing, no perfect husband, no best friend, no no new whatever, nothing would touch that except that psychic change. It never happened in the 30-something years in this program until July of 2014. It happened. And now I know. How do I explain it? You wouldn't hear me. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know that I'm sponsoring who I sponsor, what, everything. That is not me. I want to do it. Isn't that incredible? That is not me. It's a much nicer me, and I'm glad I finally found it. I know nobody's thinking, I don't care about that. I just want a smaller pant size. Well, I got that too. Lost another pound today. But that has nothing to do with anything. It's, it's this change, this person I can look in the mirror. You're all right, Anita. And so is, so is everybody else on this line. And I now know that. And with that, I pass. 
And thank you, Anita J. And our last share for today will be Roz C. Good morning, Roz. Good morning. It's Roz G as in go. And uh, I'm a compulsive overeater from Los Angeles. And thank you so much for your service. Um, and uh, I would like to also, you know, just, just repeat that I have, I had been, I was a self-help book junkie. And most of the time it was through library books. And uh, when uh, I'd look at, you know, in my county, uh, I'm sure in every county, but I know in Los Angeles County, you can go um, and look at the history of the books that you have looked, have read, checked out. And, oh, so many of the books that I checked out were all about dieting or self-help, one of the two. And um, I also heard in meetings that, I've heard in meetings, you know, from a few people here and there that their therapist recommended Overeaters Anonymous to them. So it was an act of humility, you know, for a wise therapist to say, you know, I cannot help you with this, but I know that you can go to Overeaters Anonymous and, you know, that's a group that you can go and get help with. So um, I, too, uh, was just my my shelves were littered with self-help books and even today on my iPad, I, I have some, and I still get attracted to self-help books. But uh, I loved what I heard earlier about the pausing. You know, we pause when agitated, and um, that helps. I'm going through the psychic change myself. I'm, I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and I'm looking different. And, boy, I need to, to just get used to how I look because I feel strange uh, being smaller. I had uh, felt kind of like a fortress was around me when I had all that weight. So I'm, I'm grateful uh, that I'm learning my lessons and and that I really had to go through all the pain. Um, As, as the book says that our lives had to be pretty much mangled before we'll make a, a change. And I'm going through that change. So Uh, Thank you for letting me share, everybody. Good morning and happy Monday. Bye-bye. And thank you, Roz Z. And we now have come to the end of our meeting. And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study and following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Leah S., Please read our vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then. Thank you. Thank you, Santa. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past Give freely of what you find and join us. 
we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.